Welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty. And Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about this week's Grey's Anatomy episode entitled Bottle Up and Explode and the Companion Station 19 episode, Things We Lost in the Fire. So if you haven't seen those episodes, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, so to start us off, Giuseppe, how are you? How's, uh, how's your week been? Uh, my week has been, you know, the usual work, work, and then some more work. You know? <laughs> But, you know, it was a nice weekend. I got to see lots of movies. I got to see plays. So I'm really happy when I have the time to actually watch actors perform. So, and I want to give everyone a recommendation. I don't know if you saw that movie because apparently in Canada, it was already out. So the movie is called, it's a musical with Adam Driver. It's called Annette. And it's, it's completely crazy. It's completely off the rails, but that's what makes it so unique. You know, the fact that it's a musical that I like, like n- no one else has done it before, no other director. So I recommend it to you if you haven't seen it. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. What about you? How was your week, Jasmine? It was good. Uh, my I was off work because my parents were here visiting. Oh. Great. Uh, and I was a bit nervous for it, but it went well. They were in a good mood. Um, so my mom and I did, uh, I got most of my Christmas shopping done. We did some shopping locally in the area. Um, and then we took a drive out to Manatic, which is a small little town, half an hour outside of Ottawa. Oh, okay. Um, so yes, yeah, so we went there and that was nice. And uh, we went out to dinner with my best friend. My parents treated us to dinner and we went to some nice places. And uh, yeah, I uh, played cards with my dad. We played gin rummy and I lost like really badly. I'm, um, sorry. I'm sorry that you lost, but it seems like a very cozy weekend or, or days. But I was curious, I, because you said that you have all your Christmas gifts done. Almost. I got a few more things to get, like 90%. Oh my God, you're so organized. I still have to start buying them no I have no idea what I'm gonna buy so usually I buy all my present all, all the Christmas presents for my friends and my family like on the 20th of December not November so this is the biggest surprise uh, to me oh and I saw that on your Instagram you made like a, a really nice reel in which you talked about the month of November so like, <laughs> yes it's a strange month because it's after Thanksgiving and it's before Christmas, but you know, it's this nowhereland month. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought that was, it was pretty nice. Oh, well, well, at least we got a new episode of Grace because Grace has been off for the past few mm-hmm. weeks. So there is that. And um, do you want to do the 30 second recap? Yes. Three, two, one. This week on Grey's Anatomy, in the second part of a crossover with Station 19, the Grey Sloan doctors treat the firefighters are injured after an explosion rocks Seattle. Owen experiences PTSD after he hears the explosion, while Hayes and Winston operate on Megan's son, Farouk. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, Meredith and Amelia enlist Tom Karasik's help to assist them with their study, which upsets Dr. Hamilton. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> and, okay, um, what do we start with? Do, do we start with the end? Do we start with the case? Yeah, if you want to. Okay, I want to. I, yeah, okay. that was, 
that's my favorite part of the episode. So no, okay, I'm gonna say what I thought about this episode. So I I liked it. I have to say that I'm liking season 18 so far. As I mm. said in the episodes, I think it's a vast improvement over season 17. But I'm not loving it. I'm loving parts of it. Mm-hmm. Like there are like the Meredith and Nick storyline. Uh, but I feel the show is a little bit disjointed because, for example, if you take these episodes, we had big dramatic things happening at Seattle Grace. And then we had this other episode in Minnesota with Amelia, Meredith, Tom, Dr. Hamilton, in which everybody felt flirted with each other, in which latter things were happening. And I thought the tone of the episode was completely off. It was mm-hmm. like they just added these two storylines, but they had nothing to do with each other. And I think these problems could be easily resolved, you know, like Meredith could do a call to Bailey or to Richard, just, you know, to so that one knows what's happening, so that Meredith, for example, knows what's happening in Seattle. I find it strange that they're keeping these two storylines so, so separate. So, yeah, it's a little bit odd, don't mm. you think? Yeah, it feels like two separate shows. Like you have the show in Seattle and the show in Minnesota. And as you know, I'm not loving the Minnesota storyline. So, you know, I actually I actually feel that season 17 was better than season 18 because, you know, even when Meredith was, the big complaint of that season was, oh, Meredith was, you know, in a coma for the whole thing. But she was talking to past characters. So she's still, and the characters were sitting at her bedside talking to her. So she was still connected to Seattle in that way. Whereas this season she's off in Minnesota and like you said she's completely disconnected her and Amelia are just so disconnected from everything that's going on um back in Seattle and I agree about the tone like it felt very intense in Seattle and then when they would cut to Minnesota it was like it kind of felt like you'd gone through a commercial break and they'd cut to a different show like this is like a rom-com set in Minnesota where I hate all the players and then you have like the actual Grey's Anatomy back in Seattle. Um, so I agree that it felt like very disjointed. And um, for that, and a couple of the reasons I'm going to talk about later, I felt like the this episode could have packed more emotional punch and it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think what annoys me is that now since season, I think, uh, yeah, since season 16, we have seen all these separate storylines because, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of season 16, the first half, we had Meredith and the insurance fraud storyline, so she was not able to operate uh, at the hospital. And then in season 17, she was in a coma. And then now she's in Minnesota. So I just want her back to Seattle because I feel, I think that, the writers need to remember that Meredith Grey is the heart and soul of the show, at least to me and to the vast majority of the fans, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so she should be the focus and all the storylines, I mean, not all of the storylines, but most of the storyline should mm-hmm. stem from, from, from her, you know? I've seen people theorize that like, what they're doing by having her be in Minnesota is test pilot, like if the show could live on without her. First of all, I don't think it should. But also, if that is what, in fact, what they're doing, they're doing a poor job of it because I feel like if they were going to do that, they should focus on one character. Um, except they've also put Amelia in Minnesota and Maggie's MIA, presumably because the actress is pregnant. Um, but I think those are some of their strongest characters right now. And if they are test piling a show without Meredith, um, they're not focusing on any one character specifically 
as a new focus. So I think like, I'm not sure what they're doing, what they're trying to pilot here, if they're trying to pilot anything, but regardless of what they're trying to do, I think it's failing because I agree without Meredith in Seattle at the heart of the storylines, it's missing something. And I don't really feel like there's any other character, like maybe Amelia, like, I mean, Amelia's on Pride Factor, so she could center her own show, but because they've got her also in Minnesota, there's no one in Seattle that's really the focus, I feel like, that brings that that star power, that heart, that quality. And so I think that's why I'm also feeling frustrated because like you said, I feel like it's missing that heart and that that focus. Yeah, it feels like that back in Seattle, all characters are in a limbo with no storyline and the mm-hmm. only character getting a storyline, Megan, is not a character we're really interested in. If you take Joe, for example, okay, I mean, I have never been a big fan of Joe, but I have to admit that in the past few years, John has been, you know, she, she has she ha, she has had a, a great character development. Mm-hmm. And now it's like she has two scenes in which she talks about her baby and that's it. So yeah, she's like, like a background character now. Yeah, everybody feels like a background character. <laughs> character. That's the point, yeah. at least to me, of course, that's my opinion. So uh, Megan is the one who's getting all this attention. And again, I just think that the writers didn't do a great job at, you know, phasing her in. It's just, she's back, boom. And maybe it's because I never liked her character. But anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, the point is, yeah, it's like it's like the show still has to start some way. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but yeah. one thing that they're doing right, for me, is Murder and Nick. Mm-hmm. I... I will keep saying this, that I really think that Nick is Meredith Endgame. I'm really happy with this storyline. I'm really happy that she has finally found, possibly, love again. And I loved, loved the, that last kiss at the end because it was, it was a strange kiss. I mean, uh, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, some pictures, uh, the pictures of this kiss were leaked. And yeah that didn't feel like that was the first kiss I thought it was like a second or a third kiss um, because it, it, it was so they had so much familiarity between the two of them that it didn't feel like the first time and then I watched this episode and I discovered that those pictures actually were pictures of the, the first kiss and I have to say that now I get it I completely get it it's like they're so familiar with each other. It's like they have known each other since, you know, forever. And the way they suddenly kiss and then Meredith pulls a little bit away and she just giggles, you know? She's just so, so happy. And it's like, are we doing this? And they just smile at each other and they keep kissing. And I think that's amazing because it shows great chemistry and it shows also the tenderness between the two of them. And I have to say that the thing that I am loving about the two of them is that Nick really feels like a new Derek, not that he's similar to Derek, but like like to Meredith is another first time. And maybe this is why I don't particularly like the idea of Meredith and Ace anymore, because for the past few years, I've I've been telling myself and, and to you, of course, and to everybody who listens to us, that, you know, I really like the idea of Meredith and Ace because Ace respects what Meredith has has been through because he has been through that as well. But now I just think that, you know, just because they both love their spouses, this doesn't make for, you know, a great couple. What I like about Nick is the fact that it's just 
a new completely beginning. It, it just feels new and it feels powerful as, as Derek did. That kiss actually reminded me of the, a kiss that Meredith shared with Derek in, in season one, you know, when Meredith giggles and she tells Derek, well, Derek, take me for a ride. So it's just, I'm just in love with the two of them. Yeah, um, I hear what you're saying. Uh, as you as you know by now, I pretty much completely disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't feel the chemistry at all. I, I don't think I'm ever going to. I don't see the comparison with Derek. And actually that's why I just, one of the reasons I really dislike this character now that they've brought him back is that like, what I love about Hayes is that he's fresh and he's new and he's something different. He doesn't look like Derek. He doesn't have anything in common with Derek. He's a very different character. He looks different. He acts different. He is different. Can I interrupt you just one second? Because maybe I express myself badly. I'm not saying that he's similar to Derek. I'm saying that, you know, the way he makes her feel is similar to the way she felt with Derek, like a new beginning. Not that to me, he's a character similar to Derek. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just like that he was something different. And that's what I still like about Hayes, the character. And so I don't feel that with Nick. And I like the idea of them coming together, having both lost their, lost their spouses and being a big blended family and, you know, how much her friends and family really love Hayes and enjoy working with him. And that's like the op Nick is the opposite of that. He's some random guy she's seeing in Minnesota. It's completely divorced and disconnected from everything else. It's not even clear if Amelia knows that she's dating Nick or what's going on with Hayes because we haven't seen a single conversation between Meredith and Amelia or any of her sisters, her living ones, about Nick and Hayes and the whole situation, which to me just feels weird and fake and nonsensical. Like, is she hiding from them or are they just choosing not to address it on screen? Like, both make no sense. And I didn't feel the chemistry. The kiss made no sense to me in this episode um, because they're having this ridiculous, nonsensical conversation. It's not like, like, the conversation didn't even have proper grammar in it. Like, it made no sense. And then they randomly just start kissing in the corner of this restaurant. Like, if I was at that restaurant, I'd be weirded out. I'd be like, why are these two random people kissing in the corner of this restaurant? Like, are they getting a table? Like, what are they doing? Um, and then my biggest issue was with this, with that storyline, but the rest of the episode as well is because I'm not into that pairing and I'm not into most of the storylines right now, quite frankly, they're not interesting to me. They're bland. I'm not feeling the chemistry. I'm not feeling anything. Um, because of that, when I'm not into it, I start to notice like logic problems and nitpick stuff. And so I really noticed that in this episode, which I think probably isn't as obvious to you, for some things maybe, because like if you're into the, the storyline, it's not obvious. The thing I noticed the most was the complete like lack of logic to Meredith and Nick's storyline. And I'll explain what I mean. So yeah. when Nick first appears in the premiere, right? He rocks her home to her hotel room and she says, I'm not gonna sleep with you. He says, okay, he leaves her the note, the whole thing. She makes it very clear repeatedly. She doesn't wanna sleep with him. She's not interested. She was seeing somebody, her and Hayes, had to stop seeing each other because of what Austin was going through. Um, so she makes it clear repeatedly she's not interested, doesn't want to sleep with him. But then she agrees to go on a date with him. He makes her change. You know, he's talking to her like he's known her forever, which is crazy. They met one time. And then in this episode, the beginning of this one, we see them texting and she he asks what she's wearing in a flirty way over text. And she says a chassis about it. And he's like, oh, haha, me too. And so they keep having to make comments about how she's not interested, doesn't want to sleep with him. 
But then she continues to go on dates with him. At the end of the episode, they have this weird nonsensical conversation where they don't really talk about anything. Suddenly they're kissing. And me, I'm like, is she interested in him or not? And I understand that it's supposed to be like flirty or sarcastic. There's supposed to be a double meaning there. But to me, the dialogue and the actions are just so completely different that if there's supposed to be some subtext there that we're all picking up on, I get that you're feeling it. But as someone who's not feeling the chemistry or the storyline, like that subtext is being totally lost on me. And so that really frustrated me. And so they could have had the dialogue and her actions match. They could be explaining more what's going through Meredith's head, but they're not. They're not explaining why she's dating him. They're not, her actions don't match her words. They're not explaining, like she hasn't told Hayes. Poor guy, you know, thinks that they still have a chance. She hasn't talked to her sisters. Um, so none of that makes logical sense. And it felt like the scene at the beginning of the episode versus the end were from two completely different episodes of television. Um, so that really bothered me. <laughs> I, I have to say that I don't actually agree with you because if I, when I hear Meredith saying, you know, I'm not going to sleep with you, what she wants to say is actually, I want to sleep with you. So basically- But then she, she should just say that. Like, that's my point. Like, no, why is she no, doing Chloe no. double speech? She's in her 50s, for Christ's sakes. Like, it's ridiculous. Right. right, but she's flirting and they're making like a callback to what she said to Derek because she told Derek- I'm Yeah, I guess it's a callback, but it's a stupid callback because it makes no sense. Like, no, I, I think it has happened, you know, in my relationships as well. I mean, I'm not 50 yet. I'm not 40. <laughs> she's 40 in this. This I apologize. She's in her 40s. But, you know, I think she's just, she's messing with him and he's messing with her. But of course, since Meredith saw Nick in Minnesota, she, she, she wants to sleep with him. She wants to have sex with him. And I think she's, they're going to finally do it. And I think that the next episode is going to pick up with the two of them in bed. I have this feeling. But, you know, I, I actually feel that that's, consistent I mean she's just she's just messing with him and he's messing with her because when she says I'm not sleeping with you he says I'm not sleeping with you either so this is why they're talking about the chastity belt because of course they both want to take the chastity belt off but you know they're joking about it because they know how much they want it and what bothers me and in this you're right is the fact that she hasn't spoken to Amelia or just a call to to Maggie this is something that bothers me because again we need a more cohesive storyline characters that need to talk to each other yeah more connected exactly exactly but what I feel like is that Meredith's just super attracted to the guy and she's into him and I think yeah, she's but why is talk she about talking him. to her like if I'm super into somebody I'm calling all my girlfriends I'm calling all my friends. Yeah, I'm calling everybody. Maybe she's, I, I think she's scared. And I think she's like in this little bubble. And I but what is she something... scared of? Like they're showing her being like flirty without a care. I'm like either she's scared or she's flirty without a care. Which is it? I, I, I just think that she's taking it slow with others. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm very curious to see what happens in the next episode. If she's going to tell me about him. And what's surprising to me is that I thought that maybe like next episode or in two episodes she was going to be back in Seattle but that's not the case actually because next episode as we saw from the phone from a little spoiler alert it's Thanksgiving and something happens so maybe she's in Minnesota and the episode after she's in Minnesota as well from a little snippet of a storyline that we got 
and the same applies for the mid-season finale so oh, is she still gonna be there in the mid-season oh my god wow i'm really gonna hate the rest of this season because i no, hate her in minnesota it's so boring <laughs> no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna love meredith and nick but i'm not gonna love the fact that she's so separate as i said so who knows who knows well one thing that i'm sure made you happy about this episode is tom's return Yes, I did like Tom's. That was literally the only interesting part of this episode and the only thing I really liked, to be honest. Um, well, I mean, there's a couple other moments I liked, but for the most part. Um, yeah, I did like seeing Tom's return. I love Tom as a character. I was happy to see him back. I liked his entrance and I liked finding out that um, that Kai had also worked at like a graduate seminar with Tom's. They all kind of knew Tom. Although I have to say, like the pro- I did see the promo where Tom, you know, that little spoiler promo they put up before. Excuse me about, you know, Dr. Hamilton having uh, some kind of issue with Tom. And so I was expecting this whole big thing. And then it was kind of a letdown that it turned out that Tom hadn't done anything wrong. Yeah. Like, I was expecting something to do with Alice Gray or Derek or like some sort of like them getting to something over recent, like some big deal. And then Meredith comes to talk to Hamilton about it. And it turns out like, Tom didn't any, have any do anything wrong. He had consensual sex with Hamilton's daughter. And yeah, he shouldn't have gloated about it, but that's Tom. Like he's kind of swarmy, but he didn't <laughs> actually do anything wrong. And it turned out Dr. Hamilton was just projecting his own fears because he's sick and he's he's terrified. Yeah. Um, and we did finally find out what his connection was to Ellis because he talks about it with Meredith. And again, like, well, that makes sense. When they announced that she was coming back, they made it sound like Ellis was going to be a constant presence and they had this big history and people were like, oh my God, he's secretly her father. And then we've seen Ellis literally once in a in like that dream type of sequence thing that Meredith was having in the premiere. And that's been it. She hasn't reappeared. And it turns out that like they just kind of were, I mean, I'm sure there's more to the story, but like it just seemed kind of a letdown. Like they built up this storyline and Meredith Hayes and so much else in the information they released prior to the premiere and to me so far it's been a real letdown because like they built this up and i was like all right i'm ready i'm excited i'm here and then what they've decided to go with just isn't delivering and i don't feel like they're responding to i was hoping that now that like now the reactions have come out like i know you're loving it but i feel like a lot of people are in the same boat as i am I was hoping they were going to respond more to the fact that people have been so underwhelmed with this season and I'm not seeing it. Um, but yeah, I did like Tom's return. I like seeing him around. I missed him. I like that. Well, I hate Minnesota, Minnesota in general, seeing him and Amelia and Kai work together was fun because I think Amelia and Tom have a really interesting kind of joking, like pair, like chemistry, like they work off each other well. So I, I did I did really enjoy seeing that. Uh, what did you think? How did, did you like Tom's return? I mean, I, I liked the character, so yeah. But I think he was a little bit underused. Yeah, yeah. It was like something felt a bit a little bit off. I expected more. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved the dynamic between uh, Tom and, and Amelia. And I thought they didn't have a single, a single meaningful scene. I yeah. mean... He could have said more about his life in Boston. He could, you know, he could have talked more. He could have interacted more with Amelia. And he said he was there making jokes. And I mean, it was, I think it was a pretty blunt return. I would expect it more. I think Tom is such an interesting character. She is yeah. so complex. And again, it feels like that, 
I, I don't know. The problem that I have maybe is not with Tom, it's with Amelia. And I like Amelia. I mean, I didn't like her. And then, as you know, uh, starting from season 14, when she discovered the Shadow Tumor, I started liking her. But this season, I just do not get, get Amelia. Yeah, it's I don't like, understand her much either. Yeah, they're not explaining her point of view very well. It's like she's just there, you know? Mm-hmm. So Tom is back and she's looking at him and she's like, I, I don't know. I just feel that something is off with Amelia. Yeah. And so I expected more from, from this return. What I found interesting is, as you said, they explained finally the relationship between between David and 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 Tom. And and I agree with you about the fact that, I mean, they made it such a big deal out of Alice's return. And I think it's, she's going to be back. Oh, yeah, I think she is. But I just feel and, like she should have been back before now. Yeah, yeah, right. And also, I think the Meredith's storyline this season, she's going to be like, she's going to have a romantic storyline with Nick. And who knows what's going to happen with Ace, but for now with Nick. And, and then she's going to have like this professional storyline in which she's going to be I think she, we're about to hit a, a, a big setback and that's going to bring Alice back mm-hmm. because she's going to have some more doubt about her abilities. So I think that by, by the mid-season finale, something bad will happen to their research and yeah. and something will will happen. I don't know. I just yeah. I just hope they pick pace. And again, I really hope to see Tom again, but I want him to have meaningful interactions. And I will I would have loved to see him back in Seattle. That's another thing that why I don't like this separation because mm-hmm. with the fact that this storyline is happening in Minnesota, we don't get to see him talking to Bailey and Richard and all these other yeah. characters. With Tom's return, the same I did about the second episode that Addison was in, where I was expecting so much more. And I think those actors have so much to give and they're such complex, interesting characters. And it felt really underwhelming. Like they felt like they massively underutilized them. And I heard a lot of people comment on this when Tom left the show that like, I was sad to see Tom go. But a lot of people were saying like, I felt like they were really underutilizing him and his storyline with Teddy. Like I, I loved him with Teddy, but like, you know, once they decided to go with her and Owen, you know, I felt like they were really underutilizing him and let like, you know, he des- deserves something of his time and talent. And honestly, I agree with that. Like as much as I miss Tom, um, I feel like they're massively underutilizing him as an actor. And that yeah. man has such range. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, I feel like this season has been very underwhelming so far and they're very underutilizing their talent. Um, like I would have liked to have heard more about the social worker he's dating. I'd like to see her. Like I'd like to, you know, cause I said this when he left, like Tom deserves a great love interest that's like Teddy, but you know, actually treats him well. Actually um, loves him, you know? Something yeah, exactly. Well. And isn't lying to him. So I would like to have heard more about that. I hope that happens. We should move to Seattle because- yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about what's going on in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, because while, Mer- mean, uh, while Meredith was kissing Nick, while Amelia was flirting with Kai in Seattle, Dean Miller from Station 19 was, spoiler alert, dying. He's dead. Yeah. So you, and you like, you watch Station 19. So how do you, how do you feel about this? Okay, basically, <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest. I hate watch Station 19. <laughs> I really hate the show. Not not hate, hate is a strong word, but I don't like it. I feel everything is off in that show. And you know, they have such a popular cup, couple over there, which is Marina. And 
you know, Calzona, for example, was so well constructed. They had so much chemistry. And instead, the Marina relationship was so forced sometimes. So mm -hmm. it's not a show that I love. So I was not that, that attached to Dean Miller. But of course, he was the father of a little girl. So I'm sorry. And he was one of the strongest actors in the show. Yeah. In the show. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because it seems like Station, Station 19 is the new grace in, because they keep killing off people you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? Uh, but, yeah that, that was pretty unexpected um did you watch the session 19 episode or did you watch just the grace and in past seasons i mean i have watched the like we watched both parts we've just been so underwhelmed by the season that we can't muster up the the energy to watch the companion part because like of everything we're watching right now we're watching several shows together we're just watching Grey's because basically like we've come this far and if we don't watch it live, we'd have to pay to watch it later. And we're like, we're not paying for something we don't even like. So we're just watching it, you know, just because we've gotten this far. We're not really invested in it like we were before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I, I didn't watch the the companion. Oh, that's too bad what you were saying. I think I think the investment will get back the love for Grey's Anatomy. It's just that you're not getting Meredith and Ace right now. No, I'm kidding. Well, not not I'm just kidding. that. I'm just not getting anything. I, like, none of their storylines are grabbing me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think... Pacing's I, off. I, I, like, I'd like to. I just... I was so excited for this season, and they completely destroyed everything I was looking forward to. The pacing has been incredibly slow, and they're underutilizing all my favorite characters. So... Yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm sure I'm sure the law will come back. I mean, I am I, I have to say that I, so. I I was starting to lose it in season 17, as you know, and then mm -hmm. with season 18 it has come back. So I hope it comes back for you too. Well, what I found interesting about this crossover event, well, mm -hmm. first of all, I'm gonna say that I think that Grey's Anatomy and Session 19 do not know how to do a crossover event because it never feels like a crossover event. A crossover, I mean, you can watch just one part of the show and you get everything. So why do they even call a crossover? It should be more intense and they have the possibility to do something more intense. For example, they could do like a crossover event in which a big fire happens and doctors, we have first responders from like Owen and Teddy there on the field. So yeah. it's like, it's like they keep promoting the hell out of these crossover events and then they're not that big. So, yeah, I feel like what the I early ones, the early crossovers they did were bigger and you had to watch both parts, but then it just kind of becomes something they're doing for the ratings that like yeah. the network's like all over, like, oh, you have to do a crossover. And so like, yeah, it's it's not really a crossover. It's like- So, yeah. but what I find interesting from this crossover is the fact that the Dean's demise basically opened up and or should I say reopened a storyline the biggest storyline that Betty and Ben uh, has have had for the past few years because as we know mid-season 16 Bailey lost she had miscarriage miscarriage thank you a miscarriage so she didn't she didn't get to have the the, the little girl that she wanted so much and I really love that I mean, not love because a man is dead. A, a child has just lost his father. But what I want to say is that I think this opens up beautiful, beautiful storyline possibilities for Ben and, and Bailey. And I'm curious to see where they go from here. Mm -hmm. And and I think that, you know, I feel like if this is 
the last season, which I'm starting to think it's not going to be the last season, but that's another topic. Anyway, if it is the last season, mm -hmm. I think that they're putting all the characters in their path to their end game. And for them to end with this beautiful little girl and the family, I think that would be that would be great. I mean, that scene between Bailey and Prue, wasn't it amazing? Amazing and and you know, very, very sad. And at the same time, hopeful that this little girl is gonna have Bailey as a mother, right? Yeah, I, I did like that scene, but also that storyline frustrated me because like Bailey brought up the whole reason that she was hesitant to take in Prue was because she's like, I can't handle her grandparents come out, like come back or come into the picture and take her away. And they acknowledge it. They, they brought that up. And then at the end, she meets Prue that's very clearly attached and without that still being addressed. And that really bothered me because I'm like, you know, they could have dealt with that by, you know, seeing whether or not Dean actually put what he asked Ben to do in writing. You know, the idea that like, from what you're saying uh, with Station 19, that, you know, the, there could be a potential custody battle there. Like the fact that they made a point of bringing it up and acknowledging it and then they didn't address it to me kind of took away from the moment and it really frustrated me again logic problems but i did think the scene with um where bailey's fretting and bailey and she's talking about how, how upset she is and then joe's like this is great like this kid is so lucky to have you as a mom and to have you take them on and then andy brought prue out and they had that lovely scene so that, that was really great and i do think it's it's like Ben and Bailey and and Tuck and Joey and Prue as a little family I think is great and Ben and Bailey obviously have a lot of love to give so I think that's beautiful uh, on the other hand though I am the thing I'm frustrated about is I'm like hang on so the whole reason that Meredith and Hayes broke up is because Austin was having an issue and was struggling Bailey's helping Hayes with that but if she they're just taking on Prue when is she going to have time we've never gotten closure on that storyline and I feel like they're just moving on from it and if they are trying to set something out like people are saying oh they might set him up with Megan well if his kid's still having an issue he can't date somebody else so like like they're they're moving yeah. on from stuff and we're not getting closure and I'm feeling frustrated I have to say there's something that's really annoying me right now is all this spotlight on Megan the reason why Megan was brought back is basically because she's best friend with Krista Vernoff, the current showrunner of the show. Okay, because so they need was... to give her more depth and they need to give her more story. They need to explain why she's still in yeah. Seattle. But like... this character, Megan, never felt true to me. Because you know what, what I don't find true? Okay, she comes back after she has been kept a prisoner for 11 years, a war prisoner for more than 10 years. She yeah. comes back. And she has no PSTD. I mean, she does have it, but it's like played for comedy. And I know that Krista Vernoff uh, changed the storyline because she didn't want it to be a, a, a dramatic show and she wanted a lighter tone. But this, for me, affected Megan's character a lot. She doesn't feel like a real character to me. I mean, do you remember the way she acted when she came back? It was like yeah. nothing had happened in her life. And then another reason why I don't like her is because she ended up with Riggs. And I loved, loved Riggs and Meredith. Me too. So, so I really don't like the character. I don't like the storyline. I don't like the fact that they're pairing her up with Ace because, again, now Ace feels like a waste of screen time. I mean, if I were exactly. Richard Paul, like I feel like they're wasting I, Ace's character because also I didn't feel like I felt like friendly chemistry there, but I didn't feel anything else. And so if they do put them together, it's going to feel very forced to me because I'm not like they don't give off a romantic vibe to me. They give off like a friendly vibe. And what I don't get is 
why should I care about Megan storylines? You know yeah. why? I, I I cannot find a reason. Yeah. She was just back, and that now I have to care about her. I mean, I don't see Joe as much, but I see. I don't get what Amelia is thinking. I don't know yeah. what's happening to Link. I don't mm. know. I don't see Maggie, and I get it. The actress is pregnant, but anyway, I don't see yeah. scenes between Meredith and Richard. But I'm supposed to be, you know, happy because I get to see Megan interacting with Ace. Come on, why? Yeah, and I feel like if they'd explain, like, okay, like when she was there, she showed up for her and Fruit showed up for Teddy Owens' wedding. I they said she was going to be recurring, so I'm like, okay, she's going to be in town for a few weeks after that, and then she's going to go back to LA or whatever, or they're going to address it in some way. But they've transitioned from her being like, hey, I'm here temporarily, and she's temporarily worked cases there before, to now it appears that she's been hired at the hospital. Her and Fruk have moved to Seattle permanently, but they haven't addressed that on screen. I'm like, how am I supposed to care about a character when you haven't even addressed, like they showed up for a wedding one weekend and now they yeah. live here? Like they haven't even addressed it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, did means- they pack up and move their stuff? Did like, did Farouk move school districts? Like what, like when, what time of year was this wedding? Like, did he move in the middle of a school year? Like just practicality wise, I mean, that's a lot of work. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's happening there because, you know, what I found, I know that you hate Joe and Ace and I hated them then too. But what I think is that if Ace cannot be with Meredith because they get, they got to have, they got to bring, you know, Scott Speedman back, then the only reasonable thing to do would be to pair Ace and Joe together. You know, even if you hate them, you have to meet that that would have made sense. No, but I, I don't think Joe and Hayes make sense. I don't think Joe and Megan make sense. Like, but but, it, but it would make but it would have make more sense than Megan and and Ace. No, because she spent all the last season screaming at the guy for no reason. No. Yeah, she was nervous. I mean, no. I don't know. I I think they could have like a potential right now. Yeah, and but they I, didn't do the setup last season, so like yeah, they, they had might, the time, they, they didn't do it. But at least they they were semi friendly towards each other. What I don't get is why, I mean, Ace is a, a new character. I mean, yes, he has been the, for, for a season, but you know, the, the COVID season was a, a very peculiar season. So we didn't get to be with that character as much as we would have liked. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he, to me, it feels like he has been introduced not a long ago. So for he's a new character. For to pair him up with another new character who's just recurring, it doesn't make any sense, at least. Yeah, to me. I agree. And, and and so that's what I'm saying yeah. that if they had to pair him with one someone of them else, existing character. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, someone who was there before, someone I'm already invested in because he's a new character. So I'm not that invested towards him right now. I was invested towards him a lot because he was Meredith's love interest. But now that he's not, sorry, I mean, they're doing such a disservice to Richard Ford. If I were him, I would say, okay, guys, bye. But who knows? Yeah, Not I agree. Happen. They're doing a big disservice to his character because he's... Like he's such a great actor and he brings so much depth to Hayes. And we got so many great scenes with him in season 16 and then not as many in season 17, but the ones he did get were good. And this season, I feel like they're massively underutilizing him. Um, and I feel very frustrated by that. And something else I want to say just before we, we move on is that where I said earlier that I felt like this episode could have packed more emotional punch something that really bothered me and I don't understand why they made this choice 
was that when Travis came to tell Vic that Dean had died, they the camera pans in on him about to tell her, but then they pan out in the moment where he actually tells her to Ben and Bailey. And I was really confused why they chose to do that because I felt like that should have been the most emotional, impactful moment of the entire episode. And Grace said it's best when it's at its most emotional and its most poignant. And that could have been the moment. So the fact that they pulled back from that and we didn't actually see him tell her lessened the emotional moment he was supposed to be having with Levi later on outside her room. And I think they should have stayed, the camera should have stayed with them in the room while he told her. And then they should have pulled back to Ben and Bailey because I think that would have anchored, even if you don't watch Station 19, which I don't anymore, um, that could have anchored it. And so from a directing standpoint, from a writing standpoint, from a character standpoint, that to me was an extremely bizarre choice. And I wish they had, they had really drove into the emotion and they'd really taken us with them rather than continuing to pull back outside of the room and flipping around to Minnesota. Um, and I, that really bothered me about this episode because it could have been so much more impactful and emotional. And I, I wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I think they chose to do that because, because this is Grey's Anatomy after all. So we don't know these characters much and they thought it was more interesting to stay with Ben and Bailey. I think that we might have a flashback like next episode, I hope so. Because mm. otherwise that would be bad for you know session 19 viewers who yeah. I think they deserve to see the reaction to mm-hmm. their staff. So you know when the big explosion happened in Seattle, Owen was triggered and his PSTD was was back. I I have to say that I, I didn't love this storyline. Again, it felt a little bit off because I think this episode had bad direction. So, you know, all these scenes in which Owen was involved in which everything, the camera was like moving and everything was dizzy, they didn't make sense because that was happening inside Owen's head. So we should have seen that confusing, you know, look just from his eyes. But when the camera is on him, it doesn't make sense for us to see that scene in that way. You know what I mean? I thought there was like, a directing error and mm-hmm. and I think I hate when those things happen I know people don't usually notice that much they don't care about it but if you decide to be all stylistic because you decide to do to do it then you yeah. have to be oh now you do it because be again it. yeah you have to be consistent because again you show me the camera being all dizzy and everything but why do you show me when I'm in a room and the camera is on Owen that is Owen's point of view so I'm not supposed to see Owen I mean it makes sense when I see Joe asking him is everything okay because that is Owen's point of view Mm -hmm. but when you have Owen in front of the camera you just cannot do that so that bothered me Mm -hmm. a lot and took me out of the storyline yeah again like logic problems like that that doesn't make logical sense (laughs) (laughs) so you agree that it was strange yes I agree that it was strange and uh they should have done a better job of that. That being said, I did actually like the storyline with Owen. It was hard to watch, but I think it did actually make sense for his character. I appreciate they came back to his PTSD um, because that's not something that just goes away. That We saw him dealing with it. We saw him continuing to try and help the other veterans, which obviously is something very close to his heart. And then he let Teddy help him 
and I, I did like a scene at the end there when, you know, Megan thought he was going to be upset that she didn't tell him, but he understood that she's trying to handle everything on her own, like a soldier, like the person she's had to be up till that point. And I like that instead of, I feel like there's, that showed growth from Owen, even though I'm not generally an Owen fan, that I feel like the Owen of the past would have been really upset with Megan, but now he's gone to his own thing. He, he realizes what she's trying to do. And instead he just says like, we're your family. Teddy and I are here for you. You don't have to do this alone anymore. You're not alone. We're not alone. And Amy turned to me during that scene and she looked at me and she goes, hey, look, it's all the PTSD people who work in this hospital. <laughs> like, all the PTSD is in one room. And I'm like, yeah, we just need to fly in Christina. Oh, yeah. and she's like, well, her kid probably has it too. I mean, he also grew up in a war zone. I'm like, yeah, that's such a good point. Oh, look, somebody call a shrink. They got a study. They should be doing a study on them. I know. So <laughs> that kind of got me. Um, brought a little bit of levity to it. But yeah, I, I did actually enjoy Owen Stone, even though the, the camera directing stuff was weird because it made sense for his character. And as I see him dealing with it and that growth and that progression, I am a little bit miffed the fact that like, you know, Owen's like the best version of himself now with Teddy at this point in his life. And basically Amelia and Christina had to go through the crap of like when he wasn't at his best. But that's another, that's a whole other topic entirely. We do not have time to get into that. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to say, <laughs> At least Owen has always felt like a real character. Yes, he, said, he does feel real. I agree. He feels like a real and person. This is because he made terrible. Him, but yes. You know, that is because the writing in the past was better. Now, all these male characters, if you think about Winston, if you think about Nick, if you think about, I don't know about Ace, but you know, the male characters just feel cardbox. Nico, they, they oh just. Oh my God, Nico feels like a cardboard cutout. Yeah, and, and but Winston as well, he's like the perfect boyfriend for Maggie, and Nick is perfect for Meredith. It's like it's why I don't no, like Nick. No, no, I like him. I like him. I know what you I'm do, saying, but like he doesn't feel no, real. I, what I'm trying to say is, in, in the past, male characters felt more complex. Yeah. Now it's like they are the Link, for example. I never fell in love with Nick because he's so one note to me. Mm-hmm. So. It's like these male characters are not allowed to be bad people because uh, they're not allowed. Instead, Owen was allowed to be one. Burke was allowed to be one. Derek was allowed to be a jerk. And this is what made them such interesting characters Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to say. You know, that sometimes even we like to to hate a character, if it makes sense. So it makes them, yeah. And before we get to one of my favorite moments of our podcast, I want to say uh, just a quick thing about Joe Link and Amelia Kai. So, mm-hmm. as I said, I am not getting Amelia. I just don't. I'm sorry. And so I think that if she decides to continue this relationship with Kai, and it makes me a little bit sad that she's like, it's like she has never cared about Link. You know, she's acting terrible towards Link, not because she's not, again, not because she's not getting married, but because she's not talking to him, mm-hmm. because she's like moved on. Like, I mean, when she broke up with Owen, she was devastated. With Link, it's like he hasn't, he never existed. When she decided to get to in, in the Minnesota project, she never asked herself, what about Scout? What about Link? I should talk to him. It, it, never, it has never occurred to her. Anyway. So what I'm trying to say is that if a million K happen, I am not against the idea of Joe a link. 
I think they're such cute together and I like their little family they're doing right now. So I see the chemistry there. Do you? No. <laughs> I like I just don't, yeah. like, I'm not trying to be a hater. I just don't see it. And no, no, me, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. Um, in real life and on TV, I like chemistry within two characters or me with another person. Like I either feel it or I don't. When I was younger, I thought, oh, you know, you give stuff time. And then I realized through trial and error and life experience that um, both fictionally and in real life, I either feel something or I don't. And, and that's just how it is for me. Um, and I'm not here to hate on anybody that does feel it. I just, to me, it's, it's, it's one or the other. I'm either feeling it or I'm not. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't feel that's it. Okay. That's okay. What was your favorite scene or quote? I didn't really have one to be honest. Again, this episode was really bland uh, to me. If I had to pick one, it would probably be Tom's return. And um, I also enjoyed the scene where um, uh, I think Kai and Amelia put forward the idea um, about how they're going to fix what they're doing. And Tom brings up the notepad and he's like, I think brilliant minds trained by me think alike. And he's had the same idea. Yeah. Um, and he sketched it all out, which is why I think Meredith was right to bring him on the project because he's kind of swarmy and he's not always the best guy, but he's really good at what he does. And he does have good ideas. And if anyone can crack this, I think that that team can. Um, yeah. So Absolutely. if I had to pick, I'd say the scenes with Tom because I love him and he's great. Uh, I'm guessing yours was Meredith and Nick. Yes, the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> um, alrighty. Uh, I think that's I think I think we've got it. Uh, yeah. that's our show. Uh, as always, if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review, and tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McCloyd. You can find us on Twitter at DanceOutPod and on Instagram at DanceOutGrey's Anatomy. Till next time, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Giuseppe. And this is Dance It Out. A Grey's Anatomy podcast. Thank you.